Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. Well, good morning. It's so good to see you, and I welcome you to a new series, Summer of Impact. And last weekend, celebrated all those who gave their life for the freedom that we can enjoy and the freedom to share Christ and to be who God called us to be, salt and light. And then the weekend before, Matthew's already referred to it. Can you believe that many people baptized? 141 people taking their stand for Jesus. Man, how does it get any better? And you know what is interesting about those people? I did get to talk to every one of them, which is not always the case. I heard stories of how you impacted them. And some of them, you don't even know you impacted them. What is so cool, every one of us have people in our life. Sometimes we know who they are. Sometimes we may not know the person, but they've made a difference in us. So Summer of Impact is not about being talented or finding a place that, you know, you're going you're gonna to use talents and abilities or something. No, it's not about that. Impact is not about how fast, how smart, how pretty. It's about how you say, God, just use me. Use me. My wife and I ate P.F. Chang Friday night because back when I could only drink liquids, uh, one of the things that is a really nice liquid is egg drop soup. I love it because uh, it tastes like there's more than just juice in there or liquid. And I'm, I'm, so I'm kind of addicted to it now. And we went down there and you get a fortune cookie. Well, I don't believe in a fortune cookie. I believe he is the owner of my fortune and I'm looking to him, but I opened it. And I said, Rachel, let's see what's coming for me. And I opened it. It said, very soon, your musical ability will be revealed. <laughs> so why not today? You want to give it a shot today? Let me see if I... <laughs> no, you don't know what you ask. Not about to reveal it. It's not there. I think it means in heaven one day it's going to be revealed. I'll, I'll take that. I just don't want you thinking that because you don't have this talent, that talent, or this or that, you cannot be used by God, and you're not going to have a summer of impact. Yes, you are. Some of you this morning, I mean, you, you can't be here with us, but you're streaming. And so you think of yourself as being just removed. No, not at all. In fact, this week, two different people I talked to were regularly streaming us. One was from Germany. One was from the Sudan. So what would be cool if you're streaming right now, hey, can you just let us know where you are? It's not that we're checking up on you like Big Brother. We just want to celebrate how God is reaching around the world through even the people who are part of this stream. And all of us in this room, we have moments in our life where people made a difference in us. You can be that person. You can be that guy. In fact, I'm going to introduce you to two ladies this morning. You probably never heard. Shipra and Pua. Shipra and Pua. How many of you, be honest, we're in church. Come on now. Be honest. How many of you have ever heard of those ladies before? Raise your hand. Shipra and Pua. Okay, we have three people. 
Not even the pastors lifted their hands. That's pretty amazing right there. Do you know who they are? They're midwives. They help deliver babies. You know what a midwife does, right? Come and help assist in the birth of a baby. They were the midwives in Egypt. And they were threatened. And so they made a decision. You know what? We're going to do what we believe is the right thing to do. And so they protected every child that they helped deliver. And God uses their name. And God honors them. You know, we name people after heroes in the Bible. My wife, Rachel. Beautiful example in Scripture. My daughter, Hannah. Never met a Pua. Never met a Shipra. Shipra might be easier to deal with than Pua, but I've never met one named that. Why not? They're just not known. You know what we're going to do this summer? We're going to go to places in the Bible and introduce people that you've probably never heard of. Some of them, I'm not even sure how I'm going to pronounce their name. I mean, some of them, I don't even know how to pronounce it, really. We're going to meet them because every one of them made a difference. They had impact, and we don't even know them. That's how it happens. Oswald Chambers once said, you're making the most difference when you don't know you're making a difference. In other words, don't count yourself out. So every one of us on this stream, in this room, can have a summer of impact. There's going to be a way you're going to connect with somebody. You're going to make a difference in somebody's life. Let's start with two that we've maybe never talked about. Okay, I'm in Exodus. If you've got a Bible, go to the Old Testament. It's Exodus, second book in the Bible. And by the way, it's a continuation of the story in Genesis. It's a continuation of what happens to God's people who were in Egypt. Now, Genesis ends with the story of Joseph. Joseph was one of those unbelievable people that God honored in Egypt, and he literally got to be the ruler over the people of Egypt. But that was 400 years before this chapter happens. And they forgot who he was. But the Hebrews were still there. And all of a sudden there's a problem. And God picked a perfect time to two, use two women that we've never heard of. I'll tell you another story. Young Korean teenager. It's after the Korean conflict. He's trying to make a living like everybody else was in those days in Korea. And he was a tutor a, along with other jobs. And one day during a session, he began to hemorrhage. Man, he, get, he began to bleed. And they rushed him to the hospital. And they told his parents he has an aggressive form of, of tuberculosis. He has at the most three to four months to live. Now, he was a Buddhist. And he did what Buddhists do. He, he began to pray, began to do the rituals, began to do everything to try to get the favor of a healing power. He even put a, a, literally a calendar, a three-month calendar up in his room and began to just count off the days because he knew that's all he had. And there was a high school girl, a high school Korean girl who came to his room and said, I want to tell you a story about Jesus and how he changed my life. He said, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear anything about it. Made her leave. She kept coming back. One day he got so angry at her 
And she just screamed out and hit the floor, I mean, on her knees, and was just crying out to God for his salvation and healing. And it moved him. He said, okay, I'll read. I'll read about your Jesus. Give me a Bible. You got a Bible? He started reading in Genesis. She goes, no, don't start in Genesis. You're not going to live that long to get to the good part. So (laughs) read Matthew. And so he jumped over to Matthew and started reading. And you know what happened? He began to read about Jesus. And he put his faith in Jesus. He said, I don't know much about you, but I believe everything I'm reading and I want to follow you. Six months later, he gets up out of a bed. They said he'd never leave. And he began to walk and he began to train. He began to go to school. He was completely healed. He thought, I'll start a church and teach others what God has taught me. He started a church. That church has become the largest church in history. His name, Pastor Yangi Cho. 700,000 members in that church. And we all hear about him. I've heard him. I mean, he's still living. He's old. But I've heard him and I've read about him. But I've never heard of a high school girl who came into his room and begged him to give his life to Christ. You see, behind these great figures in the, in the faith, these great people, there are hidden figures. There are people we, just like us, You can be used that way. You can have impact just like these women. So let's read their story. Let me set it up for you. The first few verses, starting in verse 8, are really about the Pharaoh getting nervous because the Hebrews are multiplying. Okay, the Egyptians were getting nervous. They'd forgotten who Joseph was, so they didn't have any, any way to connect with history. And they got really, really nervous because the Hebrews are multiplying And so they are trying to come up with a way to stop it. And Pharaoh decides this. I'm going to pick it up and um, I'm going to read in verse, um, verse 10. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. And if war breaks out, they'll join our enemies and they're going to fight against us. And they're going to escape our land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with heavy burdens. They built for Pharaoh store cities, Pithom and Ramesses. Many believe they were really instrumental in building some of the great pyramids of Egypt. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and they spread abroad. And the Egyptians were in dread of the people of Israel. So they ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves. They made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick and in all kinds of work in the field. In all their work, they ruthlessly made them work as slaves because they were afraid of them. And they wanted to stop their faith and they wanted to stop them. I know for some of you, it sounds like, oh, wow, that's horrible. So glad that happened many, many years ago. It's happening today. You know what today is other than June 6th? It's the day the church around the world is praying for the persecuted church. This is the day dedicated to pray. The persecuted church are those believers who are somewhere where they are paying a price to be called a follower of Christ. Let me tell you the numbers to size it up for you. 245 million are experiencing a high level of persecution. 
because they're followers of Christ. See, this seems like a story from antiquity to us. And yet there are brothers and sisters in Christ living this out. There's a king, there's a, there's a Pharaoh as it was then. There's somebody that is afraid of them and they don't want their God or want their faith to prevail. Every year, 4,000 people die because of one thing, the name of Jesus. 4,000. And I just thought it would be appropriate if we paused a moment. Because you know what? So far, we don't have the persecution like they have. So far, we live in a free land. We, we live in a country. We honored them last weekend, Memorial Day. What an incredible service and, and, and a moment of honor. For those who fight and paid the price for our freedom. May we never forget freedom costs something. And I just think today to remember those who are in places where they don't have the freedom of religion that we do, we need to remember them. We should never forget them. Amen? So you want to join me? Can we just pray you say, I, I, what do I pray? Just ask God to give them peace. God to give them strength. And ask God to maybe change those circumstances for them. Lord, we can't even imagine what our brothers and sisters are facing around the world. We read a story like this and we can't imagine what the Hebrews had to deal with. I know you know every bit of it. You know all about it. And Lord, you are with them. Would you make your presence so real? Lord, would you bring peace into their life? And God, we pray you'd change the circumstances that, that freedom would reign. Literally, there would be the freedom of religion, the freedom to worship you, the freedom to follow you. And Lord, may we never take for granted that freedom here in this country. And today we say thank you. And we lift our brothers and sisters up. God bless them today. And may the church continue to prevail. May the gospel never be stopped. In Jesus' name, and all of us said, amen. amen. Thank you for taking that moment. Because I know it means something God heard. And God will answer. So now, what does, what does the Pharaoh do? He's afraid of these people. This is what he does. Verse 15, then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shipra and the other Pua. When you serve as a midwife to the Hebrew to, uh, women <clears throat> and you see them on the birth stool, if it's a son, you need to kill him. But if it's a daughter, she shall live. <clears throat> but the midwives feared God and they didn't do as the king of Egypt commanded, but they let the male children live. So the king of Egypt called the midwives and said to them, why have you done this? Why'd you let the male children live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women, for they are vigorous. They give birth before the midwife even gets to them. So God dealt with the midwives and the people multiplied. He dealt well with the midwives and the people multiplied and they grew very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. And then Pharaoh commanded all his people, every son that is born to the Hebrews, you shall cast into the Nile, but you shall let every daughter live. A form of selective abortion. A form of saying, well, there's some we don't need. They're dispensable. Get rid of them. In this case, it was driven by fear. And a king that dreaded another king. 
Can I just tell you, this is bigger than just a Pharaoh in Egypt. It's been the story of our Lord, our deliverer, from the very beginning. There in the garden, there was, a, there was a, an opposition that showed up to try to make sure that our deliverer would never come. But the promise was made that day that one day the seed of woman's going to crush your head. Yeah, you're going to bruise this hill, but Satan, you're going to lose. And all through Scripture, you see the opposition to Jesus, our deliverer. Even when he is born, what happened? Herod got terrified. And what did he do? The same thing the king of Egypt did, kill all the male children under the age of two. That's why Joseph and Mary and Jesus had to flee to Egypt to get away from that. Isn't that interesting? They went back to the place where it started. But let me tell you something. Our deliverer could not be stopped. And he showed up, and one Friday afternoon, he ended the war, and he defeated our enemy. He reigns today. Now we are free. We have been delivered from the power of darkness, and we can celebrate that. So there's this credible story within the story. But back to these women, they were women who taught us some lessons. Let me give you three of them, okay? I want you to write these down. If you got your notes and your phone, you can put them in that or however you choose to do it. Number one, God is in control of your life and your circumstances. It looks like this is a dumpster fire. What's happening in Egypt kind of looks like one today. Nope, God's in control. He's got it. And he's got you. It's not just that he's got your life. He's got your circumstances. He had those two women there. Everything about this story, God's fingerprints are all over it. He's blessing the Hebrews. They're multiplying like crazy. And he gives these women opportunity. Now, who are these women? We know their name. But let me tell you a debate that, that's pretty healthy debate. And it's among people that study scripture and really understand these things. There are some who believe these were Egyptian women. The midwives were Egyptian because they were secure. Obviously, the Pharaoh would hire secure. He's not going to hire the very people he's trying to extinguish to help him extinguish them. So there's an argument that they were Egyptian. There, Josephus, the Jewish historian, believes they were Egyptian. They're Early church fathers who wrote about the scriptures believed that they were Egyptian. And there's a lot of others in the early church who thought they were Egyptian. And then there's a group that said, no, 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 they were Hebrew. And there are reasons for them thinking they're Hebrew. You think, well, what's the point? Well, the point is, we really don't know if they were Egyptian or if they were Hebrew. But if they were Egyptian, which I kind of lean that way, you know what's cool? Where'd they hear about the God of Israel? They didn't hear it from Pharaoh. They heard it from a woman in labor. A woman in labor that they were helping. Somewhere along the way told them about Jesus. When Rachel was in labor, she said, you need Jesus. That's all I remember. I'm just kidding. She didn't say that. But it's not the place you'd normally have conversations like that. Right, ladies? But they learned. And in their learning, they became believers. They put their faith. I think that's an awesome thought. And by the way, we have records that show they were not the only two midwives in the country. They were actually the leaders of 500 midwives. 
So think about what they began to spread among these other midwives about faith and about what they believed about God. So see how God was working through maybe two Egyptian women, maybe Hebrew. He was working through them and to spread this message to save and protect his people. Our God's a deliverer. He will not be defeated. He's in control of your life and in control of your circumstances. And their faith was clearly in him. You really believe God can fix your circumstances? You really believe God can use you in the middle of your circumstances? Sure he can. So that's why they chose not to do what the king said. And I know here's the big issue. Everybody wants to talk about, well, did they lie? Were the Hebrew women faster? Or did they just make that up because they didn't want to get there in time to? My answer is maybe. I don't think it's the issue. I don't even think the question is, did they lie? I think the question is, did they obey? You see, the Scripture never teaches the right of a government to force people to do something against the will of God. It never supports it in this book. It never teaches it in this book. And there are many places. Rahab was one of them. There are many places in the Scripture where we got to choose. And Peter, standing in front of the temple, when the Sanhedrin tried to shut him down and said, I don't want to hear anything about Jesus, you can't do it, it's against the law. You know what Peter said? He said, hey, we are not going to obey man over God. We will obey God instead of man. And I tell you, if I ever found myself in this position, I can make it real clear to you. I'm going to disappoint somebody, but it's not going to be my God. I'll disappoint somebody, but it's not going to be God. So they did exactly what they believed was right and what God told them to do. And as a result, second lesson, your obedience today may not produce fruit until tomorrow. Your obedience today may not produce fruit until tomorrow. We want to see it immediately. You know, you raise your family. You want your kids rising up and calling you blessed. You want your kids honoring the Lord and following the Lord? What if they choose not to? Don't give up. This life's not over. I just think sometimes we expect immediate gratification, immediate fruit, immediate signs that we've made a difference. I can tell you, there are a lot of times you don't see it. Do you think these women ever saw the impact they had? Do you think they ever saw the size of impact that they had? Do you think they ever knew Moses? Maybe not, but 80 years later, Moses stood in front of Pharaoh and said, I'm taking my people home. Let my people go. And you know why he was still alive and why he was there is because women like this did what they did. So their fruit was born later. I think we've got to learn to plant trees we never sit under. You just got to do what's right. They did what was right, not because they knew the success of it or they knew the glory of it. They just did what was right because it's right. And I think we have that calling on our life. Sometimes you just got to do what's right because it's right. Quit looking for the polls to see if they support you or looking for the newspaper article that's going to be written about how great you are. It ain't going to happen. You do what's right because it's right. But I promise you God honors it. He has a way to honor that. Think about it this way. 
What were midwives? What was their main occupation? What do they do? What is it? They give birth, help give birth. Am I right? Think about how many lives they help give birth to, not just physically, but spiritually. We're talking about them today, for goodness sake. We're talking about them today because of what they did. There's a verse Paul gives us in 1 Corinthians 15. I just love this. It says, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Now, I want you to think about that a minute. Be steadfast, immovable. Don't quit. Do you believe that what you're doing for the Lord is worth it? You believe that? It is. It's not in vain. I promise you on the authority of this book, it's not in vain. If you are doing something that you really feel the Lord told you to do and it's not working well or going well, hang on. Just hang on. Sometimes fruit comes later. The last lesson. Blessing others through your life opens the door for blessings in your life. Blessing others through your life opens the door for even greater blessings in your life. What does the scripture say God did for these midwives? He treated them well. He gave them families. You know, there was really a very strong belief that to be a midwife, you had to have no family. Obviously, because you needed to be free to go and wherever the, the need was. So these women, maybe, possibly, barren, or at least didn't have families. And so think about how many babies they brought into this world. And God said, now, because you've blessed others and you've been obedient, you're going to get to do that for you. And he blessed them with families. And for those who think they might have been Egyptian... He gave them, according to that belief, Hebrew husbands. They had children, and they all became a part of the faith of Yahweh, the one true God of Israel. And guess what? When Moses led the children of Egypt out and they crossed the Red Sea, guess who was in that group of people? Shipra and Puah. You see, God blesses every time. And sometimes the greatest blessing is not the one we're trying to help or the one we're doing something for, it's us. You don't have to raise your hand, but how many times have you gone to help someone or be a blessing in somebody's life and you've given something or done something only to find out you received the greatest blessing? That's how Summer of Impact works. That's how this is going to happen. It was fulfilled, and I think there's something else. Why do we know their name? I mean, does it strike you that God would want us to know their name? There's a lot of other people that did things. We don't know their name. So why would God want us to know their name? Honor. It's his way of honoring them. And by the way, their name. Know what it means? Pua means splendid one or shining one. Shipra means beautiful one. Isn't it amazing their destiny hidden in their name was never revealed or fulfilled until they started obeying the Lord. I have a belief that the reason we know their name 
is because they were shining lights to the Hebrew people. They were beautiful. They were splendid because they did what God told them to do. You want to live your destiny? You want to feel like, hey, I'm doing exactly why I'm on this earth? Then follow Jesus. And if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, you're maybe streaming it right now and you're just kind of checking it out. If you've never followed Christ, I don't think there's a way you could have felt why you're on this earth. Until the moment you give your life to the one who created you and planted you here, who gave you life in the first place. And today may be the day your name becomes important. By the way, the scripture says our names are written where? In the book of life. Why do you write our name? Doesn't he know our name? Sure he knows our name. Our names are written to elevate and honor and add significance to the fact we belong to him. So summer of impact means I'm going to serve. I'm going to do good. Maybe a neighbor, maybe a friend, maybe something. I'm going to do something that's good. Let me give you a promise that kind of sums up the summer for us. It's out of Galatians. Paul said, let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season, we're going to reap. If we don't, what? Give up. Please don't raise your hand, but how many of you are about to give up on something? How many of you are about to give up on somebody? You say, man, I've done everything I know to do. I, I, I'm done. Don't give up. Just keep doing good. Just keep doing good. And you never know what might happen. You see, this day is not only a day of prayer for the persecuted church. It's also another day. In history, what happened on June 6th? 1944, there you go, somebody in the back said it, D-Day, the largest military invasion in the history of warfare. The Allied forces went in to deliver Western Europe from the power of a madman. And so many of our men and women that we honored last weekend and the loss of their life, they were in that group. It was an amazing day. Do you think that those people who gave their life and those who survived, by the way, do you think they knew your name? No. Did they know one day we'd be sitting here and talking about this? No. They didn't do it because they knew us. They did it because it was the right thing to do. And they did it because their country asked them to do it. So you know what? They had impact on us that they may have never known. One day they will. One day in heaven we'll get to say thank you. I just want us today to honor somebody that the French government has chosen to honor, and I'm going to read carefully. Seventy-seven years ago, on June 6th, D-Day took place. It was a part of the largest battle to save France during World War II. After the war, France began giving historic medal to those that did something they deemed heroic during combat to help liberate Paris. There's actually a tradition in France today, all across the country, especially in Normandy, they will raise a glass of wine and they will give this toast to the Americans. And it's their way of remembering. 
Today, I have the privilege and honor of announcing for all to hear that the French government recently, after months of deliberation, while reviewing the United States World War II military records, has decided to award one of the highest, if not their highest, military combat medal to one of our own. The actual presentation ceremony is going to take place later, but let it be known today, with permission, that the recipient of the French Legion of Honor Medal will be World War II United States 8th Army Air Force Combat Airman, Chief Master Sergeant Mel Jenner. Here he is. He is being awarded. So, I just ask him, how old are you now, Mel? I kind of lose track when you get up in those high 90s. In a couple of months, he'd be 99 years old. 99 years old. And I'm so thankful the Lord let him live to see this. Guys, this is one of the greatest honors from the country of France. And I never dreamed in my wildest dream I'd be standing with a hero considered a hero by another country. But today they want you to know, thank you. That's been 77 years. 77 years. <laughs> but you know what? You didn't know us. I didn't know you then, but you still did it for us. You didn't do it because you knew us. You didn't do it because it was popular. You didn't do it because there was some gain for you. You did it because it was the right thing to do, sir. Thank you for serving your country and thank you for serving freedom in the world. Bless you. Thank you, Mel. So when, when he got here this morning, he didn't know anything about this. He didn't know a thing about this. So we asked him to stay for all three services. Now, he did know about it this service. His, his memory isn't gone yet. He still remembers. But Mel, it's an honor, and I'm so blessed that we got to recognize you because you've had an impact on our life. Thank you. Thank you. And may God bless you. One more time. Give it up for Mel Jenner, would you? So have a seat just a second. I know you're thinking, well... If you got to liberate a country to have impact, I'm out. I, I don't know. <laughs> so am I. Flew 31 missions for people he didn't know, many of whom he didn't know. You don't have to fly missions. You don't have to liberate a nation. You just got to obey. And when he gives you an opportunity, because remember, he's in control of your circumstances. So that work position you have right now that you hate, Maybe God has you there for somebody. Maybe he has you there for impact. That neighbor that you're really having trouble with, maybe he has you there for impact. I lost a neighbor last week, actually. He died suddenly in the night. He used to call me Reverend. That's all he called me was Reverend. 
I've prayed with him. I've talked to him many times. Never thought I would say, you know, he's gone and visit with his widow. But we never do. We have this day. We have this moment. Let it be a moment of impact. And I want you to just think for a moment. And I want us to ask, God, what is it you would have me do? It could be somebody's life that he wants you to touch. And it can happen in some of the craziest ways. I mean, a text to somebody, a gift financially to help somebody. Just walk across the street and say hello. Being kind to that checker at Publix that's having a bad day. Being kind to that teller at the bank that's struggling. Just being gracious to that person who's going to serve lunch to you today. Because you don't know what he or she have been through. And that tip you leave and that grace that you give in the way you talk to them could make a summer of impact come alive. So I want you to bow with me. Let's just ask him. You're online with us. Just just pause for a moment. Say, God, what's something I could do? to be a blessing to somebody. I, I may not ever be able to save children like Shipra and Pua, but I can do something to be a blessing to somebody. And Lord, we just want to ask you, what is that? And so Lord, when you show us, we're going to do it. We're going to do exactly what we know you want us to do. And I thank you for what you're going to do through it. And I thank you for what you're going to do in us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, before we go today, when you walk out these doors, I want you to walk out with one attitude. I want to do something. Now, if you're not connected here, we got a way to do that. It's called connections. Real simple. They're on either side. Online, you can do that simply by texting the word connect to... uh, the number 40777. You can even do that if you're in the room and you'll have someone to have a conversation with you. Let's take the step together. And can you imagine what could happen if all of us say, I'm going to do something that's going to have impact. It will indeed be a summer of impact. And that's exactly what we're asking God to do. So go have a beautiful summer of impact. God bless you guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.